we say great bumper music. Yeah, that um, royalty free jazz and or actually I don't want to do jazz. Rock. We're gonna add the music later. Yes. So in case you're listening to this right now, we don't know what we just played. We don't. In fact, hopefully it was good. We hope you are listening to this right now because it'd be weird if you could hear us without listening to us. Fair point. That just got real existential. It did. Okay, so is this where I say an intro or something like that? Yeah, yeah. All right, so welcome to the, do we say inaugural? Does that count for podcasts or anything with episodes or I whatever? I think the first ever. The first ever talking Proudcast uh, with Matt Carlucci, who is not me, and that was him that was speaking and about 10 Del seconds. And Reed, who is not me. So first and foremost, we have to say thank you. Uh, I had this idea to do something that was not sports related for anybody who is who knows who I am uh, I kind of do talk about sports a lot and sports plays a pretty prominent role in my life watching it not playing it not very athletic but I wanted to do something that was not sports related and more in tune with the city of Buffalo and just western New York in general so I had this idea I kind of floated it out there uh, Matt reached out and turned out he kind of had the same idea as well separately and we thought well you know, let's do this together. And so that's what happened. And the rest, as they say, is history. It will be history. It's yes. Right now it's still future. Right. So what we're working out now is sort of the, is sort of the format for how exactly we're going to do all of these. What's going to set us apart from everybody that's ever done a podcast. Okay, not exactly. But we kind of have a format that we like, and we sort of have an idea for how we want to do this that makes it a little bit different than everything everybody's ever heard. And basically what we're going to try to do is ask everybody that we interview when we interview people, which hopefully will be every time we do this, ask everybody that we interview the same set of questions mm-hmm. so that we're always comparing or never comparing, but always contrasting and always saying, you know, what sets people apart from everybody else. And at the same time, also keeping a, what's a baseline, I guess you could say. That works what makes people unique in this town. Yeah. And so we had this idea to do same set of questions. And uh, if you follow either one of us on, on Twitter, you know that we've kind of been teasing out this podcast now for probably a month, month and a half. So we've had a lot of time to work on these questions. Uh, I'm happy to report that we don't have the questions <laughs> put yes. together yet. So I walked into the office here and Dell was writing his down. And I said, good, I feel so much better because I haven't even started writing them down yeah, yet. Not that mine are very good, but um, I don't know if we're going to get into those questions today. If, ideally, it would have been great if we could have interviewed each other, which we're going to do in a few minutes, but like with those questions. But we're just going to kind of wing it, um, and we're going to figure it out. One thing we should do real quickly is thank Value Home Centers because they have been very gracious to sponsor this podcast and make it possible. So... Uh, Matt, did you know that Value Home Centers has been proudly serving the do-it-yourselfer since 1968? I did not know that. Tell me more. Uh, Sure, I absolutely will. Uh, With 41 stores and nearly 900 employees in western and central New York and northwestern Pennsylvania, Value provides its customers with the perfect alternative to the large warehouse home improvement stores. I agree. With a customer service. Nobody can see me nodding my head on on a podcast. No. Okay. (laughs) No, not at all. We'll we'll work out how to to, uh, verbalize our... Non, non-verbals. Sounds good. I'll say nodding or something yes. like that. That'll work. Ha- hashtag nodding. Perfect. All right. So with customer service, their number one priority, Value has cr- carved out a niche in the competitive atmosphere of the retail home improvement market by providing the do-it-yourselfer well-stocked, medium-sized stores with sharp pricing and great customer service. Value feels it can continue to grow and thrive. 
And what makes Value Home Centers awesome is they're proud of their hands-on involvement in the community. As a successful business in the community, they feel it's their responsibility to give back to the people of the cities and towns where their stores are located. And I have to say, firsthand experience checking in here, that is absolutely true. Uh, For as long as I've been doing 26 shirts, almost as long as I've been doing it, a value has uh, approached me about wanting to partner up and sponsor uh, and help out with a lot of the different things that, you know, that we're doing in terms of shirts and different events and everything. And so thank you, Value, for uh, sponsoring this this podcast, and we'll do our best to do right by you. And uh, just we're grateful. Thank you. Maybe if you're ever looking to replace the Value guy, I mean, me and Dell could be the Value guys. Maybe Matt could be the Value guy. We could. Well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm volunteering both of us. <laughs> okay. I want to get paid, though. For what it's worth, it's not a difficult dance to do. No, it's not. But, yeah. you know, it's, it's hard to do it well. It's sort of the cabbage patch, I think. Yeah, you, see, you lost me already. I, I was never a dancer. I was always just like the only dance I ever did in high school was like like head banging. The step, touch, step. Oh, really? Oh, you were a rock guy. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. Well, that's in fact, okay. Guns N' Roses was just in town. I was there. Oh, that's right. You were there. Yeah. And you didn't you tweet? You cried. Didn't you I cry cried during it? Multiple times. What made yeah. you cry? What made you cry? Honestly, like so when I was a kid, I was probably nine or ten. When Guns N' Roses became huge, and we're talking like Terminator 2, uh, like Appetite for Destruction, every one of their albums kind of came out in that like late 80s, early 90s time period, and that was like when I was like learning who I was, you know. And we were at the playground every day playing basketball, and you know I was experimenting with all sorts of different kinds of soda. Uh, actually, honestly, I wasn't very cool. Um, but I didn't know. I was trying. To I didn't, was that was. a euphemism? No, I was literally. I it was. I think. I think. I just, when I discovered how great Dr. Pepper was. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, All right. No, I wasn't cool. I definitely wasn't cool enough to experiment with anything cooler than soda. Not that drugs are cool, because they're not. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I. I was sort of coming of age. I mean, it was an early time to be coming of age. But the people that listened to Guns N' Roses were like my people. You know, I was a Cheektowaga kid, and. I don't know if Guns N' Roses was especially popular in Cheektowaga, but I felt like I was among my people when Guns N' Roses was on. And, you know, like that was the time where the Iraq war was going on and, you know, everything in the country seemed weird, not unlike today in a lot of ways and and completely different than today in a lot of ways too. But uh, I think that's why I love them so much because it reminds me of that, that time where I, started making friends and, and doing all sorts of like school activities and just being kind of part of a community for the first time and not just the, living in my parents' house and never going outside. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I'm glad you had a good time. I wanted to go and I didn't go, so that sucks for me. But Yeah, um, there was a lot of well, I had sticker shock. happening there I'm too. sure there was. Yeah. I'm sure there was. The whole, you the said, whole wait, you said adult behavior, right? Yeah, adult behavior, yes. There was, okay. uh, there was a lot of imbibing and in, in, ingesting and human on human interaction that was a little yeah i figured the first two i, I when you said you yeah. know uh there's something i don't know if you followed my my live tweet there was some things that happened in the crowd that i thought were pretty extreme the borderline borderline illegal that whole idea that like oh charging a lot of money keeps out the quote unquote finger quote riffraff that's not there was a lot of riffraff <laughs> yeah yeah i remember i see i saw guns and roses in 1992 uh when they came with metallica and faith no more and that that concert as well had its own you know had in 1992 you were like three years old right yeah yeah three and well and 
maybe add 13 years. Quick, yeah, sure. quick side note, Dell is considerably older than I am. <laughs> considerably <laughs> considerably older. I'll you, take it. You're old enough to still be Generation X, and I'm... And I'm uh, are you a millennial, or are you like in that weird... So the cutoff date is 1981, and I was born in the first uh, couple of months of 1982. Wow, so uh, cool. All right, so maybe we should have named this podcast like the, the cusp... Because I'm not really... I mean, I'm Generation X, but like... I'm kind of not, I'm, you know. I, I identify more with Generation Xers than I do with Millennials, mostly because anytime anybody says anything about Millennials, they're saying it in a negative way. So you don't want to identify like with your people. Millennials are lazy. Millennials want to look at their phones. Millennials yeah. don't want to work for their money. See, yeah, I feel like yeah. I'm an honorary Millennial. Yeah, because you're cool. Well, I don't know about that, but like I feel I, I wasn't always. I don't think. I don't know if I would have always considered myself that, but I think Twitter kind of molded me into that. I, I'm just a well. F- we came up with. We grew up in the information age, you know, and I think that's what I think that's what makes millennials millennials is that having the fact like right now, I literally just looked at my phone and it's sort of a information at your fingertips thing. I think that's you don't have to work to get your news or even I've been ordering groceries and having them delivered to my house. Isn't that the best? It's amazing. It's it cost Amazon me Pantry. An is extra just 20 extra fantastic. dollars to do it from Wegmans. But should I mention Wegmans? Wegmans, we you know, you can sponsor us, too. Um <laughs> I think that being a millennial is not necessarily just you were born in the last 35 years. And it's more along the lines of you've grown up and became an adult when the world was literally at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. See, I remember growing up, middle school, high school, whatever, I, just wonder, like anything, just wondering anything about any subject. Like, and you would figure, well, I'll probably never know the answer to that. I remember actually thinking that thought so many times, like, I'll probably never know that. Yeah. And now it's like, if you don't know, you just Google it, and there it is. Even, like, with slang, too. I mean, like, if somebody's, like, there's some phrase going on, and you don't know how to use it, you just go to Urban Dictionary, and I never knew what the cool kids were talking about when I was in school. No. I still don't, but at least now I can just, like, go to Urban Dictionary and be like, oh, that's what that word means. Here's a funny thing. Okay, the great equalizer, right, social media or something. So uh, I've spent too much time on, on Twitter for the past, what year is this, 2017, the past nine years that I've been on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you see all the, the terminology float up and everything, you see it. And So now I have a daughter who is 14, and I'll say something, because I've read it on Twitter a hundred million times, and I'll say, oh, that, you know, that that's lit, or something, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. And she's like, oh, Dad, don't say that. Yeah, you're not, and you're, I'm like, you're just, you're not cool enough to say things that make you cool. I told her I'm saying it anyways, and if she doesn't like it, then she doesn't have to follow me on Twitter. My thing that I've been saying a lot lately is sick. That's sick. I think that 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 word has come and gone, but I finally caught on to it. In fact, there's a guy in my neighborhood that just until recently had like a decal on the back window of his car, and it said it said "Stay sick." I never knew what it meant, and but every time we drove by with the kids. We would always we always look at each other and be like stay sick, bro. <laughs> and that was my connection to the the cool factor that that guy had in his back window, on the back of his. You're just sign scion. trusting that that guy's cool. You've never met him. No, you know you just I, I he, guess he's cool. But it's a scion, so I don't think you know. I had a scion. I loved my scion. I had you, two scions. I had a scion and then I had another scion. Did you have the TC or the XB or one of those? I had the XD. Like the one that was kind of boxy, but not totally boxy. Yeah, it wasn't super boxy like the uh, XB. I think the XB right. is the one that's like. A literal box yeah. with wheels. Yeah. Mine wasn't like that. It was pretty cool. Well, this is going nowhere fast. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry, everybody. I'm but, sorry. We're gonna we're gonna change it up right now. All right, okay. so it though 
so if you're joining it just now, everything that we just said was edited out for time. Um, <laughs> I think I think what we there were some wanted, little nuggets in there though. Like you edited it out. Like leave I'm, some of the good stuff in I'm there. I'm gonna like, keep you, my whole Guns and Roses. Yeah, thing. I was about to say like you crying during Guns and Roses. I, I think cry. that's great. I'm I gonna think cry great. right now thinking about it. Yeah. No problem. I'm not even making fun. I think it's cool. Yes. Uh, like when they sang that song, "Don't Cry," I thought they were singing to me, and I didn't. That's listen very to narcissistic, but okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> but that's what Axel does. He makes you feel like you're the only one in the how, stadium. Wait, okay, real quick. So, how long did it take for him to get on stage? Was it like pretty prompt, or did he, he... literally came on five minutes early? Wow. So it was like seven fifty-five, and I'm like, all right, you know, hope I start at nine, because I didn't realize that apparently he's been showing up on time for every single show. We were just kind of chatting, and all of a sudden, a guy, ladies and gentlemen, Guns and Roses. And we're like, what? And then we look, and then Slash walks out, and Duff walks out, and like the whole band walks out, and we're like, oh, Axel's just gonna like saunter out, like after like a twenty-minute guitar solo. He walked right out with the whole rest of the band wow. and just ripped right into the ripped right into the set. That's and fake Axel. I was like, is this the, is this Axel Rose? This can't be Axel Rose. Did he sound good? Did he sound like like? He Axel sounded Rose? as good as he ever did. <sighs> So, like, I know people that have seen, like... Because uh, weren't they here, like, five years ago or something like that? They came in here... With, without with, Slash? And without Slash. It was just, like, the, the Axel and... Just using the name Guns N' Roses. And everybody else using yeah. the game. Because Duff I think wasn't Axel it, right? owns it. It was... I, I don't know if... I don't even... I think it was just Axel and, like... That's what I thought. That guy with the chicken... Buckethead? The, the KFC... Yeah, Buckethead. Yeah. It might not have been Buckethead. I mean, it was just Axel No, Buckethead was company. playing with them. He was for a while. I'm not sure yeah. if that was when he came here, but... Yeah. And he came out like three hours late, and like people were getting ready to leave. And as they started leaving, then all of a sudden he came on. I think it was like the Outer Harbor or something. Where yeah, they were. yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, I wasn't here, but I remember. Um, so apparently, since they got back together as like the full unit, um, I think he got like realized, oh my god, there is so much money I can make here. I better not mess this up. And he's been on from like. I mean, he, he started at 7.55, and he ended at 10.55. Wow. And, like, at 11 o'clock, the lights came on in the stadium, and we were leaving. Wow. It's also 25 years later, so he's old. He also probably needed he has He get, probably gets up at 5.30 yeah. every morning, like everybody his age. I was honestly super impressed with, like, he was dancing around the stage yeah. the whole time, jumping around. Well, I mean, um, look at Mick Jagger, right? Like, if you can't keep up with Mick Jagger, who are you? Exactly. You know, like, he's at the bar. And Mick Jagger never, Mick Jagger, Mick Jagger never had a time where he was, like, a diva. I mean, he's always been treated as such, but he never did the whole, like, coming on stage late thing right, and yeah. not caring and breaking up. I mean, the Stones have been together nonstop, I think, this whole time. I don't think they've they have, taken yeah. some breaks. It's uh, Yeah, they're like the Beatles, but they just kept going, right? Just, Listen to our Guns N' Roses podcast, so you welcome, guys. <laughs> the welcome to the, the late 80s rock podcast. The Gen X and the Millennial. The, red, the, radical, the radical Dudes podcast. Yeah, gnarly. Oh, it looks like the weather's getting kind of bad out there, huh? Yeah. It was darker during the storm today than it was during the eclipse yesterday. Come on. Yeah, I know. That eclipse was a ripoff. I totally want my money back. I, uh, I, I, I told somebody, I think I've just seen too many Michael Bay movies so that now nature is like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was in a meeting during the eclipse. Um, I was going to go home and see my kids, and I got stuck in, the, in a meeting. And we didn't go out to see it. But there, during the whole time, there was like a big window. and I was looking out the window. I'm like, it's, it's 2.34. This is supposed to be the peak of it. It looks exactly like it did an hour ago outside. Mm-hmm. Why is it not like dark outside? My wife got the glasses, so I actually ran home with and watched it with the kids for a little bit. Anyways, okay, so. My edit button is going to be going crazy. Yep, no doubt. Yep. So our, our whole thought process for this first episode was to kind of interview each other. So because I'm bringing my little audience or, you know, whatever to the table. Here comes here comes the rain. I shouldn't I shouldn't talk about things that are happening like 
<laughs> that is loud, though. I don't know if people can, I like... I can't stand the rain. Is that coming in your window? That window's open. There's, like... It's literally coming in sideways. I think that rain is coming in the window. All right. Well, I'll go take care of it. You're going to edit this out. Yeah, we're... Well, I'm just going to pause this for a second. Actually, no, I'm going to keep talking. So, yeah. Things look, things look damp. So much for that nice breeze we had going. Okay, so the whole thought process was for this first episode, while we don't have our standard questions quite in place yet that we want to ask our guests for every episode, um, we're kind of going to interview each other, though, because I'm bringing um, a set of listeners to the table. Matt's bringing his own set of listeners to the table. Not as many as yours, though. It doesn't. Whatever. Dell's verified on Twitter. It doesn't. Yeah, people say, oh, you should be careful what you tweet about. You're verified. Like, what? I, I got... Yeah, I became verified by tweeting whatever the heck I wanted. And all verified means is like you are who you say you are. Yeah, that doesn't mean that you're like important. <laughs> yeah, it's, I can I you, can attest to that. You create your own importance. <laughs> I can totally. The, the check to mark does not make you important. What is funny though, in terms of being verified, is somebody of somebody I have friends with on Twitter who's also verified, um, who's just like a dad, like just he's famous for being a dad on, on Vine and Twitter. He sends me a DM. He's like, nice blue check. Now famous people have to pay attention to us. That's right. So that was kind of the perfect way to put it. Like, I'm not, I don't really belong, but, like, here I am. I think you should do a shout-out to Ashton Kutcher on Twitter and see what happens. Yeah. Well, I don't know. He used to be, like, the most followed person was, on Twitter, he, but I don't what, think he's that guy anymore. I don't – is he even doing – he's, like, on a Netflix show or something. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's already on season three. Really? I have yeah, not the watched ranch. it. I have not watched it. It is. Oh, we're doing that rabbit trail thing again. Yeah, there we go. Okay, all right. Maybe so anyway, we shouldn't do this together. Maybe we need maybe we need somebody in here. We to need like, somebody in here, like kind of like a referee like, to blow. A yeah, seriously. So the thought process was: I'm going to interview Matt. Matt's going to interview me. Matt's going to edit all of out all of this garbage that we're putting in here in the middle. Pretty much. Um, and just kind of you know we're going to take it from there. And then next time we do this in a, a week or two, we're going to have our set questions in place. Uh, I'm kind of modeling it. I had that idea off of. Uh, John Lee Dumas, his podcast, Entrepreneur on Fire, which I really recommend if you're even ever possibly thinking of going into to business yourself. Uh, check out Entrepreneurs on Fire. It's a great podcast. Are you ready I, to ignite? I'm like, excited. He's so into it. But I just show it differently. Yeah, okay. I show my excitement through napping. Through napping. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah, napping. You have kids. When's the last time you napped? Sunday. It was awesome. Oh my God. Well, your kids are old enough. They're now. old enough. No, I, I graduated into that. Don't yeah. get the wrong idea. I fell asleep once in, uh, let's see, 2012, <laughs> and I, I've regretted it ever since. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah. Um, okay, so, Matt Carlucci. That's me. All right, so. That's uh, my excited voice. <laughs> he did a good job with it. So Thank you. The whole idea of this podcast is we're going to be interviewing people in the in the city of Buffalo or in, you know, greater Western New York area who are doing stuff, you know, moving and shaking, making a difference either in the community or uh, I don't know, just wherever people who are kind of interesting that maybe you haven't heard about before, or maybe you've heard of, but haven't got to know, you know, that well. So, um, we don't have any of those people available today, so it's good. <laughs> so yeah. it's and us. We're, Sorry we're guys. At, we're at 23 minutes and 12 seconds. Yeah. By, but when you hear this, it's probably gonna be like three minutes and 10 seconds. Exactly. Cause we have no idea what we're doing, but yeah. we're gonna have fun with it. So, Matt, you've done a lot over the past, can I say 10 years? 10 years sounds about right, actually. So I know that you used to do the B team. Uh-huh. You actually started the B team, or you were part of the, the, the beginnings of that. You can mm-hmm. elaborate that on that. Yeah. Um, but would, would, tell, me, tell me your story. So basically, I'm, I'm a born and raised Western New Yorker, Buffalonian, grew up in Chittawaga, uh, went to, you know, spent all my years in Catholic school as a youth, so I wasn't... I wasn't uh, 
not that you need to go to public school to be cool, but, um, you know, I, I spent most of my days chilling out, maxing, relaxing. No, uh, <laughs> that was too easy. You know, I grew up in Chittawaga. I went to and I went to school locally, went to St. Mary's High School, went to Buff State. I um I spent a lot of time trying to think of the best way to make myself more well known, if that makes sense. Like when I was a kid, I always wanted to sort of be a star and be out there and be a big name and be in front of people. And I was in all the school musicals. I was in all the uh, the plays. I did all the you know all the different little opportunities for me to get on stage and do that. And you know, so you were a ham. I was totally a ham, absolutely. Not that that's changed that much, but right around the time it was always it was me, 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 me. I was I was selfish in 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 kind of a way. I've always cared about people and and gave and but right around the time came two thousand seven, two thousand eight. My wife and I uh, found out that we, she, but we were pregnant with our first child. And at that time, I for some reason, I just said, it just kind of clicked with me that I want to make Western New York a better place. You know, I want this to be, I always loved it here. My my parents would take me to the odd and I'd see wrestling shows and Sabres games. And, and I always thought that like Buffalo was super cool, but it always had this sort of fear. The suburban people never wanted to cross over like Harlem Road. You know, they always thought the city was like a scary place because nobody really ever bothered to learn what was going on there. And at the time, even back in, I mean, the early 2000s, there wasn't much to do downtown. You can go to a Sabres game, and then you, like, ran to your car and, like, flew home because you were afraid of the neighborhood around the Sabres game, which was ridiculous, but that's just what happened. And uh, long story short, I decided I wanted to do something about it. I had a group of friends. I was playing flag football, and I had a group of friends that were sort of civic leaders, and they were they were just coming out of college or just doing different things, and I ended up deciding that I wanted to get these people together and we created the B team. And since then, does B stand for Buffalo? So here's the deal with the B team. And um, I'm hoping some of my, some of the current B teamers are listening. We created it at my dining room table. It was me, Joe Melcheski, Amanda Schroeder, and uh, Jason Shell. And it was like the four of us that really were, the, that started it. And then we added a few more people on. We had board members, Clinton Hawkins and Frank Crow. And I mean, if you're listening guys, you know, thank you. Um, and it got, it grew, uh, Emily Lenahan, um, so I'm doing my shout outs. Did you just win the Oscar? <laughs> I just, I wanna, I'm thank Al Pacino. Um, anyway, so, you know. I want to thank, I'm going to take a moment. I want to thank the Academy. I want to thank. Well, um, we were trying to, Emily. we were trying to think of a name for it and we're like, we couldn't come up with anything that made sense. Like it was going to be like, you know, reinventing Buffalo and God bless Buffalo and, you know, recreating Buffalo. And then we ended up just like. Some some out of nowhere, somebody said, and I, I apologize if I'm not getting credit to the right person because I don't really know who it was. Somebody said B team, and we're like, oh, that sounds cool. We just we wrote it on a whiteboard, and we kept coming. We kept erasing things. You know, we do like the whiteboard sessions where you just erase things, and then you add something, but you keep erasing things, and things stay round after round. And then people are like, what does B stand for? And Buffalo obviously is, is the obvious thing. But it really doesn't stand for Buffalo. It doesn't stand for anything. I just thought of this right now when you heard, when you said B team. Is that like the A team? Well, it, where people were like, well, what do you like the A team? Well, one of the original ideas actually was Plan B, and then that was right around the time that the morning after pill became a thing, um, and that was called Plan B. I don't know if you heard of it. Um, Probably good to segue off. Of but that, anyway, you know, in, in terms it, of your plans, it, you know, it, not segue to to avoid that. Or yeah, it, we we avoided it. Um, well, we avoided it. 
And um, so we, we ended up with this B team idea, and we, we, we really decided that the B didn't really stand for Buffalo, but it did at the same time. When you see a B, you think Buffalo, and we're okay with that. The B team was sort of like the A team is like the politicians, the people in power, the business owners, the people, the big wigs in Buffalo that can't do it all themselves. And we were the B team. We were the guys that came in. We were the you know we were cleaning up. We were the garbage time guys. You know. You were totally the uh, the blue collar work ethic team. Exactly. We were the you know after the score was twenty six to nothing, we came in and made it try to look respectable in the in the fourth quarter. Uh, to to make a sports analogy, which you know was going to be unavoidable, um, and I think that was the, where the idea sort of came from. And then we kind of grew, and we did some stuff. We you know we did all sorts of stuff like help people get health insurance, and we, which is awesome. Yeah, um, and we we grew and we learned you know what the right thing to say was, and we became a five hundred one c three. We actually, on our own, uh, just a handful of us really created a five hundred one c three. We became a tax exempt organization without using any attorneys, which is impressive because. You know, as yeah, as someone who created a five hundred one c three, I give you credit for that because and I saw all the paperwork that was involved, and I was like, uh, no, thank you. And so I did a little fundraiser to get some lawyers yeah. to pay for you know to pay for some lawyers. But we had for no you, money. That's awesome. We had no money, but we had an accountant. We had a good accountant, and a lot of the five hundred one c three is about money. Um, it's about financials and what you're going to do with money because you know you're crazily saying that you shouldn't have to pay taxes, more or less. Um, and we were, you know, we had to do a lot of convincing there, and it worked out really nicely. But anyway, long story short, long, longer story shorter, um, you know, that took off. I did that for several years until it became apparent to me that I couldn't raise my kids, have a full-time job, and help do all these events and stuff like that. And I passed it off to a great group of younger folks, um, and it's still in good hands today. Um, since then, I've created a whole bunch of different things. I did a bunch of different events. I've helped with the Buffalo Wing Fest for this would have been my 10th year and i bowed out gracefully i retired from the wing fest um drew serza was a mentor of mine and from there i created um the buffalo soup fest which will be in its eighth year this year um, which is great if you've never been you really should not you matt you've been no i like, have been to the listeners it's pretty great uh, if you've never been you should really go it is pretty fantastic you've been for many of the years um three or four now i think yeah. in fact that's how i kind of got involved with you on a professional and friendly level mm-hmm. or personal level, that's the word I was looking for, because you had created this movement of uh, local sports fans, and <laughs> I'm trying to sk- skirt around the obvious, you know, the Bills Mafia thing and everything. I'm just jumping and dancing around it. Nothing and to skirt around. I was like, you know, the social media stuff was becoming big, and the social media stuff was becoming huge, and I noticed that you had this sort of massive following and i wanted to basically capture you wanted to exploit it i wanted to exploit it that's exactly what i wanted to do and i did and i was using you for your twitter and your facebook followers and then it got to the point where i kind of actually really liked and appreciated what you did because you took it you took it to a level of i have all these people i'm not going to waste this opportunity and i think a lot of people celebrities not that you're a celebrity, but you are kind of a celebrity. I'm a Z-list. If, I'm, if I am, I'm a Z-list. Well, there, if there's a list, you're on it. Um, I haven't, you know, I haven't seen many people who get as much TV time as you and still talk about other people. 
You know what I mean? And I think that was re- that was what was really great about it because, I mean, you had this sort of rabid fan following and you turned it into, like, how do we do good with this? And then, of course, it evolved into, you know, 26 shirts and all that other stuff. And I think that that's kind of how you and I came to be. Mm-hmm. And we've been sort of working together, partnering on a whole bunch of stuff since, working together on my events and your events. And, you know, fast forward to, to now, I've been working in the hotel industry. I've been doing, you know, DJing and entertaining and all sorts of other stuff and I love social media. It's been said that I probably spend too much time on Twitter. And it's been said. It's been said. By, That's code for my wife. I love you, Margaret. Um, <laughs> it's been said uh, again, and I'm saying it myself again. But basically, I think the reason that you know you and I came together is because of the fact that I do care about this community still, and I still want my kids to stay here, and I don't plan on leaving, and I want them to stay, and I don't want them to leave, and I think we can do a lot of good things and I think there's a lot of people doing a lot of good things and it's important that people who are listening know that and that brings me to asking you so Del same question same question or I can actually break it down for you a little bit better and give you some blanks to fill in well real quick I just want to say uh, you know you talk about how you know I helped with soup fest and you know wing fest for a couple of years there and everything I can't take too much credit um I, I, you know, I've been lucky enough to really connect with a lot of cool fellow fans on, on Twitter and just through social media and everything who uh, are awesome and want to give back as well. And so they volunteer and they help with those events because they know that there's, you know, a charitable end to it and everything. So to everybody who's ever volunteered for Soup Fest or Wing Fest or whatever, thank you. You are the ones who deserve the credit for that. All I did was create a spreadsheet and start asking people. So Do you know how hard it is to create a spreadsheet? Um, it's actually pretty simple. Oh, okay. <laughs> For you, I don't know if that was like a de- I don't know if that was like a deeper question there or whatever, but it's kind of easy to start one. Yeah. One thing I did for a while is manage volunteers, and you basically took that job over for me. And happy thank to help you for the happy rest of my life <laughs> eternally. I'm happy to help. We're happy to help. So, so anyway, go what on. was the question? What was the question you were bouncing to me? Well, I so, forget what I even asked you. So basically, you asked me where I came from, why am I here today, and I probably didn't answer that very well because I started gushing over everything else. But No, I think you did a good job. Yeah. Um, but it's see, not about me. I'm just a voice. This is, a, this is the one episode that'll be about us, right? This will be the one episode. All right. If it's going to have to be about us, I might <laughs> as well be. A, this is the pilot. We might as well just suck it up. Yeah. And, yeah. So, yeah. So I grew up in Tonawanda. I moved all the way to Kenmore when I grew up. Uh, I graduated from Kemmer West, go, go Blue Devils, went to Buffalo State, left Buffalo State, went to ECC, went back to Buffalo State, left Buffalo State, went back to Buffalo State. Took me about, I always joke that you know it only took me 11 years to get my four-year degree, but I got it. Computer information systems. Uh, Should have took me like two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. My, my sister uh, took a similar path. She graduated um, from... High school in 96 and graduated from college. I guess that means 2008. So, because I, I, I went up to her, I said, hey, I'm so proud of you. Congratulations. But don't think you're all that special. It only took me 11 years. It took you 12. So, whatever. But anyway, so um, graduated from Kemmer West, uh, Buffalo State. Uh, in the midst of graduating from Buffalo State, I got a job as a computer programmer uh, working at a couple places and eventually at Roswell Park where I worked for 14 years. I was able to do that while I was getting my degree because I had my associates and they hired me uh, and they probably shouldn't have hired me based on you know the, the, the regulations or whatever in terms of the, the, the specs for the job, um, but they did. So that worked out well for me. 
I ended up getting my degree a couple three years after getting hired at Roswell. Um, great, great place to, to work. Great place to be a part of. Um, in the midst of all that, like you mentioned, I accidentally started this movement, which is, I don't know if that's the right word to use. Maybe it is. I've, we've, I've used that word before, I guess. So, um, I, I definitely call it a movement. All right. Well, the whole idea was to basically unite Bills fans across social media, just kind of like celebrate our fan, our fanhood, celebrate the team, uh, and maybe do some good in the process is what it eventually grew into. And so after it started in 2011, you know, the whole Bills Mafia thing became a 501c3 called Buffalo Fan Base. And that was put together because we had an awesome set of founding sponsors who all kicked in money to pay for the lawyers uh, to file all that paperwork for us. And out of that grew 26 shirts in 2013. And I've been doing that now for almost four years and full time for just over two years now. And um, I guess that's that's my story. You know, I don't know. It's it's. I have somewhere in there you got verified on Twitter. Somewhere in there I got verified on Twitter. Um, it's 100% overrated. You know, everybody thinks, oh, if I just had that blue check, and then you get it, and then it's like, okay, now what? It's like, well, you have a blue check. There I have noticed that I say things that I think are profound and deep, and worthy of thousands of likes, and like my mom will favorite it, or whatever. Is your mom on Twitter? She used to be. So now I don't even know if she is. I don't even she's liking my stuff. It's probably my mom posing as, you know, Bills fan three oh two or something. That is a dedicated mom. Good for you. If yeah. That's the case. My mom my mom's There probably is a Bills fan three oh two right now. It's like I am not Matt's mom. That's not, not, <laughs> they're gonna go on there now. They wanna get verified because they want to prove that they're not my mom. Yeah. I think the um I think the social media thing is, is not to be taken lightly. I think it honestly it's not easy to go out there and say things that are permanent forever on the internet and have them not quote unquote piss off everyone or half of everyone especially in this day and age um 2017 specifically it's very difficult to go out there and still have a message that isn't watered down by what the masses think are Mm -hmm. cool or appropriate or inappropriate and i think that it's impressive that you know you can still do that, and the verified check actually gives you more of an opportunity to sort of get your message out there without being lost in the. You. I don't you know. Maybe I never think about it. I've had you know. I mean, I I got it about a year ago, and then I just I just kind of don't really think about it too much. But I guess maybe you know. Yeah. It's. I think we're. I don't know if we were talking about it. Uh, before we started recording or during part of the part we're going to edit out or whatever. Yeah, we're we're probably going to edit out all of this. Yeah, exactly. It's just going to be the opening music and then us saying, all right, goodbye. All right, thanks, Value. Oh, thank you, Value. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, But people think because you're verified, like you're an authority or something. I guess maybe, but it's not, I don't know. Like, I don't think of myself as an authority, but people expect a lot out of you if you have a blue check. I've learned. Um, Even last week I made a wisecrack about something and people took it the wrong way and they said, you shouldn't be doing that, you know, for, you know, whatever reason. so I don't know, whatever. It's just I've been a clown, for, uh, you know, for eight years, you know, and then I got it. Was it eight years? I was a clown for, on Twitter for eight years, and I got verified. Now I'm not supposed to be a clown. Like I'm supposed no. to be a clown. You like, can't ever stop being a clown. I've been a clown since I was like born. Doing a good job. Except with it. I don't got a blue check mark. Yeah. Um. So anyways, fa- uh, family, wife, kids. Where do you live now? Oh, I feel bad. I didn't ask you about your family. It's, I'm asking I will. you, I'll and then you can ask me back. back. We'll you asked the back. first question. I asked the second question. I have an amazing wife who has been putting up with me now um, as of this past Sunday for 18 years. 
Uh, that makes me feel really old to Happy say that, you know. Yeah. So, uh, so that Chrissy is amazing. She helps me uh, be a better person. Do a you know do a better job with everything I do. Um, just in in everything I commit to, not just in life, but at everything. She's an amazing person, and she really is. Uh, she has more integrity than any person I've ever met in my life, and I don't say that just because I have to go home to her, and she might listen to this, uh, but. I mean it 100%. Um, I have two awesome daughters, 14 and 11. Go, one is going into ninth grade. One is going into sixth grade. Uh, they are, it sounds like a cliche, but becoming a parent, you actually learn a lot about yourself. And there's a lot of things about myself I've learned that I'm not crazy about that I need to change and improve upon. But, um, you know, it's pretty It's pretty great being a dad. I like it. Would you, would, you, would you agree? I have two boys that are the best part of my life every day. And sometimes <laughs> the worst part of my <laughs> life that honestly i mean there's never a day that goes by that i don't that i don't appreciate mm-hmm. every ounce of my family's existence and i mean talk about great wives i mean i've i've never been easy to deal with as a friend or especially a partner i'm all over the place like literally as i'm talking right now i'm also texting so it's very i'm super scatterbrained um i have a lot of things floating around in my head I've been bad at being a father at times. I've been bad at being a husband at times and being supported by a wife who probably doesn't always feel as supported by me because I'm so busy doing all of my own stuff. In fact, I think, you know, I think that's my, I think if I could say one thing that's wrong with me as a husband, it's that I expect so much support and I am too busy to support back. So, um, I want to thank her for that. And then if there's any crazy wild things that she wants to do, um, I think she's got to pass. So, Margaret, thank you. And then my two boys, Colin and Jack. Colin is nine, just turned nine in in the end of July, so only a few weeks ago. And he's still the greatest thing that I ever did in my life. until Well, of course, until his brother came along, um, Jack, who just turned six in May. And um, to be honest, I can't think of anything I'd rather, like, live and work for and my family and that's why I do what I do honestly I, I, I work for them I want to promote the things that are good in Buffalo so Buffalo keeps getting better and when I say Buffalo I always I'm referring to basically anything west of Rochester <laughs> yeah. um, it's very know. ambiguous yeah it's not uh, Buffalo is you know I'm a regionalist whatever the word is you know full disclosure my my Twitter name is Buffalucci uh, that's at B-U-F-F-A-L-U-C-C-I um, but you know, I live in the depths of Lancaster, practically Alma and Alden. Mm. So, um, you know, I think of Buffalo as a as a region, not as like a. That's such a Lancaster thing to say. It is, because <laughs> you, know, you don't because you don't have to vote and you don't have to go into the city and do anything. But I spend as much time in the city as I can, which isn't as much as it used to be. But mm. um, I used to work at my my job. I used to work for Visit Buffalo Niagara, and my job used to be to promote Buffalo as a destination. Mm. And I couldn't, I couldn't do it if I didn't feel like that's something that I wanted people to, to, to feel. Like Buffalo was a destination, and Buffalo, Western Europe, was a place to visit and to do business in and spend money in. Because honestly, without the hospitality industry and the business that happens in here, you know, Buffalo is still a very poor town. And honestly, right now, I mean, our poverty levels are very high. And um, honestly, I think that it's getting better and I want to keep seeing it get better. And that's all because to circle back 
it's because I want my family to be able to stay here. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Well said. Um, so yeah, we actually met, I think the first time we met was you were working for the travel bureau. Is that the right way to put it? Travel bureau. They were originally the convention and visitors bureau. Yeah. And they're still technically by definition, a convention and visitors bureau. So the idea of a convention and visitors bureau is they promote a destination. It's called a DMO or destination management or uh, marketing organization, which their job is to market a destination. And then, um, as a lot of cities around the country did, they changed their name to be more specific to that city. So this is Visit Buffalo Niagara now. Mm. Um, and so, um, but anyway, so to answer your question, yes, it's because uh, yeah, because you guys came and you interviewed us for the at the very first Bills Mafia tailgate, and I remember right. you sent me a message. You said, uh, "What did you say?" Because I was nervous, like, "Oh my gosh, these people are coming," and you said. Uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen. Just make sure you're interesting. I was like, oh, my gosh. What did I say that? Yes, you did. Oh, my God. Just I wonder if I still have that somewhere. It's probably was it like a Twitter DM or something? It was a Twitter DM, so oh maybe it's still God. there. That'd um, be hilarious if that still exists. Make sure you're still – be interesting or something like that. Be was, interesting, yeah. I was like, okay. So uh, I remember we went through and we did – and we and went through the whole Bills game. And that's where, like when we saw like the – the Pinto tailgate mm -hmm. and like they were, they thought that was amazing. And yeah, it is amazing. It is amazing. That's that guy's out of his mind. And you, I remember you guys were there for like 20 minutes. You interviewed all of us. And then we, I saw the final cut and I was just going, and just a bunch of people cheering. Yeah. <laughs> so like, oh, yep. kind of made the cut. Now you got me going through all our former, um, our former, our old direct messages. Should be there down at the bottom. I oh, imagine. Go. 2011. Apparently I don't have anything before 2015. Oh, Maybe when I change my name and you change your name on the no, Twitter? I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Like, Twitter, I think, changed the way their DMs worked at one point. I don't know. I used to, all, now I think about it, I always used to go in and delete everything, too, because it annoyed me. I've actually, yeah, I've actually gone back and deleted a lot of my old tweets. I had, like, tens of thousands, probably, because I just would be like, you know, what I used to do on Facebook, like, eating a chicken sandwich. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. How about you? How about you? Yeah. HBU. Yeah. So, yeah, no, but so I remember that's how that's, I think that was the first time we met and, um, was at that first tailgate and, uh, yeah. So now, um, uh, one thing I really wanted to just talk about was, and I tweet about it a lot. Like I get inspired sometimes and I just really hope to encourage people. I don't know how, if I'm going to be like, if I'm going to be a speaker about it someday, or maybe just people are going to read the tweets, which is great too, whatever it takes. Um, but I really want people to live a life that is not settling like i don't want people to, to settle right because you know like you said you're trying to make the city of buffalo better so that your kids can stay here or that it's a great place to live and all that like i guess it's a very similar vein where i want to encourage people to live better lives so that they're happier and that they're more fulfilled and that with it's completely selfish because i want to live in a world world where people are happy and doing what they love and I feel like if you have that kind of life, then you're just going to, you know, everything you touch is going to be affected by it. So that's one thing I've really tried to, to push people towards is to not to settle. And if you have a dream, then do what you have to do to pursue that dream, even if it's like a 10 year plan, because, you know, you're maybe you're you're just barely making your mortgage payment right now and your 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 job sucks, but it's the only job you have. It's like, all right, just put a plan together and. Put a plan together and, and, and figure it out. And if it takes you 10 years, it takes you 10 years. But move forward. Don't just settle for like, well, this is how my life is always going to be, you know, because you're just one break away from everything changing. So um, because I need to have the time I'm, I'm tweeting about that is I'm telling myself because I'm feeling inspired to like, OK, I cannot I can't just like coast 
And even with like the with everything with twenty six shirts, like constantly trying to think of like how can we do this better? How can we, you know, set ourselves up uh, for success down the line and not just say okay we made it we sell you know t-shirts in, in in three cities and we help people in charities in three cities and that's great it's like well, how, how can we do something how can we do what we're doing better and how can we what else can we do so and it's it's just a matter of like never being satisfied not to the point where you're not, you're not grateful but like you're just never satisfied with where you're at and you get it's like an arrow right your life is like an arrow you get one shot and it's probably it's probably an Eminem song. Now I think about it, right? But it's true though. Do not miss a chance. Don't to miss blow. Your ch- Don't blow it, right? So like, but it's so true though. It's like you get one life, and and people are so content with being not content for their entire life, and then they die. And it's like you just wasted all this oxygen, you know. And it's just like you know what. I don't even know how I got into this rant. <laughs> there's no point. Like, I guess what you're saying is there's no point in make in living life unless if you're not making a difference, right? Because and honestly, what what's your legacy going to be? Right. And yeah, but it all depends. Like, it, but maybe you're maybe you're maybe the idea of a legacy doesn't matter to you, and that's okay too. You know, like, but just like live a fulfilled life. Do what you want to do, and because I, I don't know, it just it's one thing I really feel inspired to to do more of in the future is to just to really encourage people to step out, and if you feel like hosting a podcast then start a podcast or this could be this could be terrible this could be poorly received oh it probably will but i've wanted (laughs) i wanted to do this since i like heard what a podcast was yeah and now we're doing it exactly and you know what it's you know just i know whatever it is you know what i mean if you have to go to school to to fulfill your life dream to be a chiropractor then figure out how you're going to do that or or whatever it is you know i use that example because i know somebody who actually did that he got a degree in chemical engineering worked in the field for a couple years said this sucks what I really want to be is a chiropractor. And so he just said, screw it. And he went back to, he went to school and he became a chiropractor, yeah. you know? So, there's, you know, a lot of stuff shakes, shakes out from that and everything. Um, well, you said this but, great thing on Twitter the other day um, about playing not to lose. And yeah. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to mention it right now, I, well, yeah, but I, you say so many great things on Twitter um, that I think you might've forgotten about it, but it was one of the more inspiring things that I think anybody's ever said. Um, I know you, I'm sure you're, you weren't the first one to ever say that, but, but the timing of when you said it and maybe what was going on at the time and, and your, your life, your situation and how you ended up where you are is super inspiring on its own. But like what you said, basically you say, you said something along the lines of you hear so many coaches or people talking about coaches on Sundays playing not to lose yet. And you complain about coaches playing not to lose, but yet you wake up on Monday morning and do the same thing with your life. Yeah, and I got replies from people saying, well, they get paid millions of dollars, blah, blah, blah. It's like, but listen, it doesn't matter. It's something is of value to them. You know, you, they're, once you, I have to imagine, I've never done it. Once you make your first million, like, it's all about, like, once you're kind of set for life, once that's taken care of, then all of the other things are become just more important. So, like, th- you, you don't think that it's important to a head coach that he has one of only 32 positions in, in, in the world? You know, he's the only head coach, you know, for whatever team, right? So... Um, so you don't think that, that, that that's just as neurotic and crazy and stressful for him as it's like, oh, should I punt? Should I, should I go for it? You know, and like we all know how often criticized and under a microscope that is. And there's only 32 of those people. Right. Right. So. And, and so, but, 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 but the whole thing is like, this job is the most valuable thing they'll probably, you know, from their perspective that they'll ever have. And so they don't want to mess it up. And so they're, 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 they're fine with, you know, going for three instead of going for six. And, it, it, you know, 
once you take a step back, it's very similar in our own lives. We're so afraid that, you know, well, if I, if I, take, a, a, if I take a step out, am I going to, you know, I quit my job. Um, I'm not telling everybody to quit their jobs. Be responsible, people. But if I, go to, if I take a step out and I, I quit my job and I go pursue this, like, then what happens? You know what I mean? So what if I, what if I go for a touchdown and uh, the receiver drops the pass? Then what happens? Well, you know what? I don't, I don't know. I, I, I could take that metaphor way too far, but the well, whole I can turn that into like, hey, you know, don't don't play your life like it's field position. Uh, you know, don't don't always punt. You yeah, know, go I, for it on fourth down. Go for it on fourth, right? Yeah. But seriously though, I just that, that's all I was thinking was like, you know, I I knew people were going to talk about the money thing, but really at the end of the day, like, and it's easy to say. I mean, I'm not. I'm in. I'm in debt personally. That my business is in debt. You know, we're working through both. Um, but. It's, it's anybody can say it, so it's easy to say. But like, money is just money, man. You know, it it, it doesn't define it doesn't define happiness. It it doesn't uh, it doesn't define um, I, I I don't know how the right way to put it, but it's not what how you measure happiness. So I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just I really hope that people just go out and they take steps of faith and they they pursue what they love and not just what is safe because. Um, I was telling somebody today, I was a computer programmer by trade, and the reason I was a computer programmer is because I was good at it. So I figured this must be what I'm meant to do because I'm good at programming. Any programmers that know me are probably are familiar with my code. They don't listen to him. He's not a good programmer. But I was able to get by, right? So you, And you were getting paid to do it. I was getting paid to do it. But it was just so – I just – like I was not fulfilled, you know, and I've always enjoyed everything with T-shirts. I've always enjoyed helping people. Um and so it all kind of like accidentally happened. Even it just my life is a series of accidents, and I'm I'm, I'm grateful that you know that they've kind of occurred as they have. But um, I've learned a lot through it, and I'm happier now. And I make a lot. You talk about money here. I make a lot less than I used to make when I was working as a state employee. You know, um, in a safe job and everything. <laughs> safe. I got laid off, but in a, in a pretty safe job with great benefits. Safe um, until it wasn't. It's safe until it wasn't, yeah. right? So, um, but I tell you what, I I am loving my life more than I ever have. You know, obviously the constants are there with you know the, my faith, my wife, my kids. That stuff doesn't change. Um, but you know, and I try not to let my job define me. You know, but like as a human, we're all kind of there. You know, and so I'm I've. I, I, I'm fulfilled. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I'm loving it. I really want everybody else to feel this way. That's so. I'm gonna stop talking now because I feel like I've really ranted, and everybody's like, "All right, all right, dude, we get it." But um, seriously, it's just I really want people to live their lives uh, and enjoy it, and not just get by. So you know, a lot of this will get edited, and, and you know, we'll probably end up just like saying our names and then some <laughs> of these good stories. But I think the. I think the the thing that we need to make sure we accomplish because we have 57 and a half minutes of audio here probably and we're trying to make a 30 minute podcast mm-hmm. so we'll see how this goes. Yeah. Um maybe we'll just put our bios like on the website somewhere and then which we don't have we don't have a website yet do we? Yeah. I I I can make that happen pretty quickly. Yeah, so yeah, we could you probably have access to the internet. And I I do have internet access. Yes. It's actually I'm using it right now. <laughs> I'm connected. I'll tell you guys the password for $100. Password um, what? To your Wi-Fi. Oh. Okay. Yeah. No. I, well, you have to be here to use it, so it really <laughs> it's not going to help anything. Oh no. Yeah. Joe like, Smith in Miami. He's yeah. listening. He's like, "Oh, this is great. Like, I got oh, sweet. I get Wi-Fi next time I'm in Buffalo on Main Street, yeah. um, specifically on the fifth floor of the uh, Tri Main Building." 
Where was I going we're not going to do all these here, right? We're going to do these some of these out. Yeah, so I think the idea is we're going to go on the road for a lot of this stuff, and I think we're going to probably try to you know find local businesses, restaurants, uh, you know establishments um, of of a certain type and um, or not even a certain type, any that type sounds, really. This, yeah. <laughs> this sounds borderline sketchy. <laughs> sounds like I'm talking about going to a brothel. Um, is a brothel even a thing anymore? Is that a word? I don't know. I haven't really gone out looking for them I mean, to see if they're. Yeah. Google that real quick. No, don't do that. Um, but I think, the, I think what we're going to try to do is try to take the show on the road as much as possible. Try to get out in the community and meet people. I mean, we have a nice space to do this here because we have a power outlet and we have Wi-Fi. But honestly, being able to do this all around Buffalo kind of goes right along with our mission. You know, we're showing off the good things about Buffalo, making the good things about Buffalo uh, visible to the people that are listening as visible as something could be to somebody who's listening to something. Cause I know visible and audio don't really make, don't work together. But like what you said about um, playing not to lose, et cetera. And I think that's, that's kind of the goal that we're look, we have here with the people that we're going to talk to on a weekly basis. Those are the people that are, not settling for the status quo and making a difference and trying new things and being creative and being interesting. Everybody is interesting in their own way, but it's how they take it and implement it in their daily lives that makes them interesting to other people. And I think that the thing that we're going to be able to do is sort of unfold the the layers of, of Buffalo and, and really find out what's behind the scenes and what's making people tick when it comes to making this a better place. And, and hey, if you're listening, if you actually made it this far, hey, good for you. Seriously. Anyways, so if you know of anybody who would be a good guest, somebody who is moving and shaking and making a difference uh, in, in Western New York or, or, or Buffalo specifically, um, let us know. Shoot me an email. It's, uh, I guess I'll just use Dell at 26shirts.com for now or tweet at me uh, at Del Reed uh, or at Buffalucci or what's your, what email address you want to throw out here? Uh, Matt Carlucci at gmail.com. I like how you had to read that. Like it wasn't your name at the no, most popular my, email. No, my, um, <laughs> my Hey Squirrel thing popped up on the screen and it's, I got an email. I'm like, oh, who's that from? Nice. So so get a hold of us. Um, if you're listening, you probably know how to get a hold of us anyways. And let us know and you know, nominate somebody uh, that you think would be a, a great guest. Uh, we are really looking forward to, you know, uh, speaking with, you know, some, some great influencers uh, in, in the Western New York area. Let us know if, you, if there's anybody you want us to interview. We are open accepting nominations. I think um, we need to mention the Talking Proudcast Twitter, which is Talking Proud. It's that is not our at, Twitter. That is not at. <laughs> it's, it's, you don't even know our Twitter. <laughs> what the hell? Is it's at talking. There's no G. At talking proudcast. I can't. I can't help it. I just have to pronounce words the right way. I know. Um, it, it's at talking proudcast. Talking T A L K I N P R O U D C A S T. At talking proudcast. And uh, we're gonna have a website <laughs> um, soon. Once again, I want to thank our sponsor, Value Home Centers. Shop easy. Shop value. Did I? Is that now? This is why I like working with value. I'm looking at their website right now. Together, we raised $108,300 for Habitat for Humanity. Look at that. That's pretty great. I mean, they are awesome. Talkingproudcast.xyz is only 99 cents. Is that even a That's a thing? They have so many now. They have talkingproudcast.nyc, which would be fun to like kind of like just mess with these. Can we do talkingproudcast.ca? Is that? (laughs) .co. That might be good. It actually sounds cool. That's dot co, talkingproadcast dot co. Yeah, there's there's plenty of those now. Let me see. 
Was there a dot buff yet? There should be a dot buff. There should be. I, I actually thought of that. Or dot WNY. Yeah. Okay. So do we want to do that? Talking proudcast.co? Yeah. We're still talking into the mic. Are we done now? Like, I think we're done. All right. Should we say goodbye? Um, Did we say that already? No. Thank you for listening to our first episode of the Talking Proudcast with Del Reed and Matt Carlucci. And we look forward to many more episodes in the future. And we need like a sign off. Like, keep stay ta- classy. Keep talking proud? <laughs> no. Fuck. <laughs> I don't know. Like I don't know the whole talking proudcast thing. It's like I don't want to like, I don't want to lean on talking proud too too much. You know what I mean? No, it's just like literally what you have to click on to listen to us talk to people. Totally. Yeah. And we have a cool logo. Yeah. So. Stay classy. Stay classy. <laughs> Buffalo. <laughs> Buffalo. Buffalo. Diego. Stay classy, Western New York. <laughs> I think you, you you nailed it. Yes. Good job. West of Rochester places. Well, yeah. Everything west of Rochester. Stay classy. Um, Thank you for listening to the Talking Proudcast with Del Reed and Matt Carlucci presented by Value Home Centers. Shop easy. (laughs) (laughs) The hardest part of this podcast is ending it.